Hi there. This week's guest is actually the founder of my very first sponsor, Beauty Scripts. Today I'm talking to Greta Egan. She's based in Wyoming and I chose to talk to her because, as you know, with the lockdown specials, I've really been trying to talk to women around the world to see how their lives and, of course, beauty routines have changed. I wanted to get Greta on. Obviously, she is a sponsor, but she's so much more than that. Her background is that of a makeup artist and she shares about how the app came about. And I do think often the most successful apps are born out of necessity. I hope you love this one. My name's Sharice Kenyon and this is the Beauty Me podcast. I've been a hair and beauty journalist for about 15 years and I thought it was about time I created my own platform so I could talk all about beauty without the BS. While there's plenty of room for product recommendations, I'm also all about the daily routines, traditions and lifestyle path that make us all approach beauty differently. Yeah, well, I'm a big fan of the morning routine and have you read the book, The Miracle Morning? It's a great book. He basically starts his day every day with eight things. Um, so I had read that previously and I was inspired and he incorporates exercise, meditation, journaling, um, reading, just all the things that you want to do to better yourself and sort of set yourself up for a successful day. And I have always been a meditator. So I usually start my day when I wake up, you know, I'll run to the bathroom and then I'll get back in bed and I'll meditate. And, um, and I don't meditate for too terribly long. I actually meditate for around 12 minutes. Um, and that seems to be a good time. You know, it's like, it's just enough and it's not too long. Um, and it just sort of sets the stage. I do it early in the morning because I'm still sort of connected to that subconscious part of myself from sleep. Um, and then right now, what I've been doing, so that was pre COVID is definitely meditate. Um, and then it sort of depends on the season but then maybe I will go into exercise right away like I'll have breakfast I'll read for a little bit and digest and then I'll go for a run um and then come back and shower and get ready for the day so that that was working really well before COVID now I am spending more time on the internal side of myself and I've really been feeling the call to do that and also as a a CEO of a company it's been a tricky balance to make more time for my personal development and time for my company, which is also growing right now. Um, but it really w- became a priority for me. So I wake up in the morning and right now I actually do a subliminal hypnosis. Okay. <laughs> so that's what I do first thing. Yep. And then I will meditate after that. Then I have breakfast and I do um, a thought work that I do as part of a coaching program that I'm in. Um, and I'll read. And then that's pretty much eaten up my morning time. And, and I'll then get ready for the day and go on with the rest of my day. Um, but I like to get exercise in later in the day, especially depending on the weather. So that's when I will get out um, later in the afternoon and everything. But it sort of depends. I, I do try to do exercise every day. It may not be part of my morning routine. Tell me about this subliminal hypnosis. What is that? Yeah, what are you so, telling yourself? <laughs> well, I um, actually, when I was in London, a couple of years ago, I did a rapid transformational therapy session, RTT is what it's called. And there's a woman in, um, in London, in, in England, who developed it. And I can't remember her name right now. So we'll have to look it up. 
but um, she's trained people all over the world who do this RTT therapy. And what they say is they use hypnosis to sort of clear trauma or old beliefs, limiting beliefs. You know, when you're little, you you don't have the context to make a belief mean something that actually is true or rational. I mean, you might be exposed to an experience and, and then you make it mean all these things. And for the rest of your life, your seven-year-old self who decided that that was the truth <laughs> thinks that that's the truth. Um, and so they say that one session of RTT is the equivalent of 12 years of talk therapy oh because it just God. like clears it out. Yeah. So, how so did you... I'd already had a pretty good experience with that. And then I decided um, that I wanted to keep incorporating it. So um, I just have a, a hypnosis that I listen to that, that, yeah, it just sort of sets the stage to create um, more of the beliefs that I want about who I am and how I'm showing up in the world and what I'm worthy of and, and that kind of thing. So you'll do that. And then the meditation, which you said 12 minutes. And you were like, that's not too long. That's not too short. I can't even do two minutes. Is there a particular school of thought you're following with meditation or is it an app? So for me, as I say, I grew up meditating and I used to meditate a lot. I mean, just it was sort of the, again, the, the stuff that I inherited from my family because my mom is a big meditator. and She started meditating in the 70s. And um, so I grew up with it. And, and I also grew up with group meditation. And so group meditation, you know, you sit for an hour or sometimes three hours. Like I rarely would do the three hour meditation, <laughs> oh I'll be honest. Gosh. But, um, but I did meditate, you know, for a half hour twice a day for most of my life. And then I kind of got to a place where I was like, you know, I think I'm spending a lot of time going to a different place and I'm meant to be here and I want to be here. So why don't I just like top up and tune into that? feel centered, feel clear, and then go about my day. And so now I, I just do that 12 minutes, which for me does feel like a lot less. And, you know, it's all about managing your thoughts. The real um, goal of my meditation is to have sort of no thought, to just literally exist in a place of like, whatever comes, comes and to let go of things, especially, you know, it's so stressful sometimes right now. And that's just when I really practice the mindfulness of just like letting it all go. You obviously mentioned there that the meditation was part of your life from a young age. Um, and that brings us kind of quite neatly to other influences when you were growing up, because I love to find out sort of what was your first insight into beauty as this thing like sometimes someone will say it was it would be their mum's dressing room the smell of perfume but what was it for you when you first clicked that there's this this thing in the world that's about skin and rituals etc I love this question too because it sent me on a journey (laughs) to find the answer and there were a couple of things one was magazines I mean I really do remember from a young age, you know, probably middle school or something, where we would be at the grocery store and I would sort of sneak one of the magazines onto the um, checkout to to take it home and then I would devour it, you know. And, and a lot of times, like Allure magazine was my oh, magazine of choice. It. And it's, that's all about beauty. And I just obsessed over it and I loved it. And then I would buy, I'd save up and I'd buy these books, you know, the like, Bobby Brown, like how to do your makeup and Kevin Aquan. And I would 
again, just devour them. And, and then with my friends, I became that friend who would pluck everyone's eyebrows because I knew how to do it properly. Or um, if we had an event, you know, or a dance, I would do everyone's makeup. And so it just became sort of my natural role. And I was so excited about it. Um, and I feel like I kind of had like a natural knack for it too, right? And then the other piece definitely was that my Aunt Holly, who's my mother's older sister, she had a store in the Bay Area in San Francisco that sold high-end skincare and cosmetics. And she used to send us sort of the discard, you know, the samples or the extra samples or um, the testers when they have new stuff come through. And so I, I got to play cool. with all this makeup um, and lots of really good makeup from a young age, too. And um, I always had her influence. I mean, she was, you know, that was her world. And so every time I saw her, her makeup was done, her hair was done, her outfit was coordinated. And uh, that was definitely a big influence on me as well. Before we get into like how it kind of became your career, um was there anyone from a certain time period that really struck you? Like, was there ever anyone who you wanted to maybe emulate or whose makeup you loved or whose style you loved when you were growing up? Yeah, I, it's so fun to look back on this now because I have identified one woman who became, I think, what we would now call a mentor. She was my first mentor. And that was um, Sylvia Tobler, who is the woman who owned a high-end skincare and cosmetic shop um, in Jackson, Wyoming, which is where I grew up. And when I was growing up in Jackson, I mean, literally, there was nowhere to shop for beauty and personal care products other than Kmart. It, it was so limited. And so Sylvia moved from New York City. I think she's Colombian originally. And she lived in New York City. She and her husband moved to Jackson. And her husband's an architect, and so he started a great architecture firm, which did really well in Jackson. And then I think she sort of looked around and said, what am I going to do here? And what's missing? And she brought all of these brands into Jackson, and she curated this beautiful store, and everything was done just so, so perfectly. Um, and she wasn't obsessive about it. She was actually really easy about it because it just sort of flowed. And she had all the best brands. I mean, she had Kiehl's and she had Molten Brown and Laura Mercier and Bumble and Bumble and La Mer. Like she had all the brands. And she had curated this collection. She had convinced these brands um, to bet on her and this Wyoming store. And um, and I remember I used to walk past the windows and I, you know, I was almost scared to go in because it was so beautiful. And then at one point I was old enough that I did go in. And I started playing with the makeup a little bit. And then um, I think the next summer, I, I applied to work there during the summer. And and I was hired and, and I just learned so much from her. I mean, she was all about the trends. We would look through magazines. We'd have stacks of magazines in the back. We would do tarot sheets um, and we'd organize them by look. Like, this is a natural look that someone might want. This is a, a bridal look. This is more editorial. This is like what's trending. And, and she just, she really very naturally organized all of these things going on in beauty. And then there was the education piece, right? You know, I had to learn about the brands and I had to learn about the new ingredients and how they were effective and why and, um, and be able to help the customers and the clients who came into the store. So 
I, and then she's a businesswoman on top of all of that, right? You know, she's running the store, she's running it successfully, she's done the branding um, and and the accounting. And, and so I had a firsthand view of all of that. And I think looking back, that was really formative for me. Yeah, it sounds like an education on all levels. You've got the physical side, the actual customer facing side, the business side, and then the product knowledge. It just sounds like a one-off. Do you know what I mean? It's like a, a once-in-a-lifetime chance in a way that you were part of something so brand new in your in your town. Um, well, and like you say, it's like hindsight is twenty twenty. I look back and I that experience positioned me perfectly for yeah. what I'm doing in my life. And yeah. it's amazing to see that. Did you go straight into being a makeup artist? Was that your kind of like first job working in beauty? So my first job was working for Sylvia at her um, store called Pure. And what happened was we would have these different uh, reps for brands for Laura Mercier and Chantecai and such come in and they would educate us on the product and new products and techniques. And that's really, I mean, that in my book <laughs> that I was devouring in magazines, that's how I learned how to do makeup. And, um, and Sylvia, I think, recognized, you know, that I felt comfortable doing makeup, that when clients, customers came in, that I could do their makeup, I could lead them through it, I could successfully help them achieve what they were after. And so I worked for her, I think, for one summer, um, sort of, just more in the store and as a sales person. And then the next summer she said, would you be interested in doing wedding makeup? Do you want to try? And so I had this kit that was sort of pre put together for me. That was the pure makeup kit. And, um, and she had booked, you know, she did all the sort of business side of it. Again, it was so nice for me. I sort of, it was handed to me um, that I just sort of plugged into the system and I was able to go out on location and start doing bridal makeup and, I just found that it was a really natural fit for me that I have more of a calm energy. I'm pretty easygoing. I, I do, I'm organized and I manage my time. And so that wedding situation of, you know, it's, there's, there's a time, there's an event, it's a, it's a hard stop. It's happening at a certain time and you've got all these people and you've got to get it done. And, and I just was like totally cool in that situation and totally cool with brides, you know, and some, I have to say like in all of the years I've been doing bridal makeup, I've only ever had really one or two brides who just kind of freaked out <laughs> and they needed a little extra. But like for the most part, I just so enjoyed being a part of their experience and their day and the energy is really up and happy. Um, and so that that's where I started. And to this day, I still do wedding, uh, wedding makeup, oh, bridal makeup. Cool. And so that that's my focus. And then I started to branch out. Um, I moved to London to go to fashion school. And I also um, attended the London School of Makeup and uh, got accredited for um, catwalk and editorial makeup. So I so I expanded my expertise. And so I will do campaign makeup as well. But um, it's mostly bridal. And then the campaigns that come through Jackson have been working in London and New York and L.A. But um, now I'm based back in Jackson. So it's all mostly happening there. As a makeup artist, um, and especially doing bridal, I found that a lot of my clients, you know, they wanted my advice on products. Uh, brides, especially if we were doing a trial many months in advance of their date, wanted to know what I recommended to optimize their appearance and their skin and have their, you know, just their best face and their best skin um, for their day. 
And so I was making these recommendations and, of course, like really tailoring it to them, looking at their skincare needs. Um, and then obviously for the day, also recommending, okay, this is the lip color we've decided on. You, you know, get that lip color so you can touch it up, give it to your maid of honor so that she can carry it around for you. Um, just little tips and tricks like that. And so I found that I was always giving these recommendations and, and then the day of, right? So then I'd be doing the whole bridal party, um, with my assistant or, or whomever was joining me. And again, you have someone sitting in your chair. They love what you've done. They love, what is that color that you just used on me? Um, what would you recommend? Oh, I have this thing that's going on with my eyebrow. Like, how would I correct <laughs> that? And so you're always educating them. And of course, it's like our pleasure to share our expertise and help them. Um, but there was no real easy way to actually share that knowledge. You know, we'd maybe scribble it on a piece of paper mm -hmm. and give it to them. Two weeks later or three weeks later, someone's sending you a text message saying, hey, what was that product that you recommended? And you're like, I can't remember. <laughs> um, so it, for me, this is where Beauty Scripts came from. So uh, Beauty Scripts is a product recommendation platform, an app that allows beauty professionals to recommend or prescribe um, products to their clients and earn a commission on the sale of those products without stopping the inventory. So I like to, I like to um, describe it as like a digital prescription pad that has um, an affiliate network built in and is as easy to use as Pinterest because you can search the product. It's image um, heavy and, and focused. So search your product. It comes up with an image. Yep, that's the one. You um, click on it, you add it to a script, and then you can share that script with your clients. Um, and you can also add little uh, instructions below that product specifically about how you want them to use the yeah. product, which is really important, again, coming from that personalized high-touch um, position that makeup artists are in. We really want to look after our clients and give them that personalized information. So when did this launch? So we actually launched in January of 2019. So we do consider ourselves still in beta, um, mostly because we're still a young company and um, and we're growing. And we I think we we like the idea of staying sort of young and lean and nimble. So we're getting feedback from our pros all the time from the user, and um, and we're able to implement those those updates. Um, one example is we were getting a lot of feedback from the community that they wanted a quicker way to share a product. So uh, as I was describing, you know, typically you create a script and you can add multiple products to that script and then you can share that script um, either through an email or a text message or using a URL link. Um, and it, But it's a full script and it has your sort of picture as a pro and your information and um, and it's sort of branded, you know, for you. And it, it's really beautiful and it's actually a really nice extension of, of a service and an offering. But they also were like, oh, I need a, a way to share a, a product quickly, like a single product. And so we added the quick share option. Okay. So if you, especially if you have, you know, I have clients all the time who will text me and say, um, you know, my skin is changing. I need a mask that's more hydrating right now. Um, can you recommend something? And if I go into my Beauty Scripts app and I know which one I'm looking for, I can just, you know, find that um product and then do the quick share and it sends it directly to them um Ooh. and so and then they stop the one product so that was a fun you know feature that came directly out of the feedback of the community and that's that's where we're at and we're 
certainly listening to our community, which is really exciting. How do you think lockdown has affected? Do you think the app has kind of really come into its own during lockdown? Because obviously so many um, makeup artists or beauty therapists can't even see that they can't physically see their clients. So do you think it's becoming a tool that people in your community are relying on more? Absolutely. And we've seen it. I mean, we've seen it in the applications and we've seen it in the engagement and the usage of the app. Um, oh, to answer your question previously that you were asking, you know, um, it is a closed community. So as I was just saying, applications, uh, this is a tool specifically for beauty professionals. So we do keep it as a closed community. Um, if you're a hairstylist, a makeup artist, an esthetician, and you're working in beauty in a professional capacity, then we do let you in to the community um, to to use the app as a tool. And and that was also really important for the community because they work so hard to get their credentials and their licenses to do the work that they do. And um, and so we really wanted to uphold and protect that. And so um, that's been really fun, too, is just to know that everyone who's in the community is of that stature. And um, so anyway, so we've had a ton of applications coming in. We review every single application. And um, and so, yes, we've seen a huge uptick. And we've definitely seen a lot of these different professionals using Beauty Scripts to help stay connected to their clients right now uh, digitally and to also supplement their income with, um, you know, making these product recommendations and earning commission. Clients trust their beauty professionals because they know that that beauty professional is making a recommendation on what is right for them. Whereas an influencer will say sort of in a broad general term, like, you should try this lipstick, but that color may not be the right color for you. Or, you know, you should try this foundation, but that that may not work for your skin type, especially where you live and in the environment you're in. And if you need you know, a different kind of coverage, like, it's very impersonal, it's more general. And, and, you know, there's a place for that, as you say, for influencers. But with the beauty professional, it's much more tailored. And it and it really is about that personalized recommendation. And so, um, so that's been huge with beauty scripts is, is that it builds on that trust, because the client knows that you're not selling them what's on the shelf right there. You're literally choosing from a catalog of thousands of products and brands across the internet and you're choosing the exact products you think are right for them and so that was really big too and I think a lot of our professionals responded to that they felt like it it eased the 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 um it made the selling process of retail that much easier because they really did feel in alignment with how they were making a recommendation and it also took the pressure off of it because it's a script it's digital um, if the client isn't ready to purchase right then and there because they have another product they want to use up before they purchase a new product, no problem. Like that script is there. They can reference it and they can buy it when they're ready. And the other piece is now they have a digital record of what they've recommended. So that is really helpful as well. And they can go back to it. And when that client does come back to them and say, hey, what was that product? And maybe they've deleted the script, you know, from their email, whatever. They have a record. They just resend it. Do you know what the most popular products have been so far on the app? What have I been seeing lately? I, I mean, there's always, you know, face primers pop up a lot. The other was the um, Paula's Choice, like the peel that you do. Yeah, the salicylic. 
It's really the good. Salad it's that really good. I mean, that thing has been like in the trending now <laughs> section for for a month. <laughs> really, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. What's your favorite product right now? Oh man, oh, it's so hard <laughs> to choose just one. Well, okay, there's two. Okay, there's three. Okay, Let's choose top three. <laughs> okay. So I have always wanted to use the May Lindstrom Blue Cocoon Balm. Have you tried that? No, I haven't. It's like uh, an aspirational product for me right now. <laughs> totally. So I haven't bought it because it's $180, but I got a sample when I purchased another product recently, and it was a generous sample, and I've been able to use it. And one of our beauty pros is part of this whole um, – shelter in place she did a face massage like an at-home face massage that we uh, have on our channel you can watch it i think through our IGTV and um glowing with Corey. and she it's just she's an esthetician out of orange county and she does this beautiful face massage so i i do this in the morning not every morning but i you know two times a week i start my day by cleaning my face and then getting that made Lindstrom balm warmed up in my hands and following along to Corey and doing my at-home um, oh. face massage. And it's so good. So that's that's an indulgence. And I haven't bought that product, but I'm really liking the sample <laughs> that I have. And I made very well by it. Um, the product that I did recently buy was the Vintner's Daughter Serum. Because again, I'm a big fan of face oils. And before that, I was using the Tata Harper Beautifying Face Oil, which I love. Like the smell is so gorgeous and and it really worked with my skin my favorite thing to do is mix a face oil with a moisturizer they work so well together and then they absorb into the skin and they help drive each other deeper so i i'm just a huge fan of doing that especially in drier climates and drier months um so i've been using that for about a couple of weeks now and um I, you know, people have said that they have remarkable results. I, I do feel like my skin is starting to change. And so I'm waiting for that month mark. But but it is, I think it's worth the investment. I mean, especially like I'm doing five drops into moisturizer. So it's going to last me a yeah, long time. Yeah. Um, and then the other product that I recently got into is the Sunday Riley A Plus Retinol. Because again, you know, it's just, especially being sheltered in place, it's a really good time to do a retinol. It's a really good time to do some of these lactic acid peels and retinols and sort of treatments where you don't want to be out in the sun and you don't want to be getting a lot of sun exposure. So I would, I would recommend, you know, sort of those products at this point. And, and I do, again, feel like it's making a difference for my skin. Has there been anything, because obviously you are a CEO of your own company, you have the app and you're you were also doing makeup, obviously you're not right now, but have you, during this time, have you found that you are taking a little bit more time with things like, oh, you know, are you having relaxing baths or have you, are you adding anything in? I know you mentioned about that, that face massage, but is there anything else you found time for during this? It's actually been a really interesting time for me um, because we are positioned to be a tool for people who are having to go online and digital to be in touch with their clients and to, to make money. It's been busier than ever. And right. I, I have, I actually schedule my days to within 15 minutes of, you know, back to back. I mean, my entire day is so full. 
I really love sleep. So I, I get eight to nine hours of sleep at night. And that's something I don't compromise on. But I wish there were more hours in the day because I am just trying to do everything. Um, one thing I do make time for, because I didn't at first, because we we're so busy and I was just work, work, work. And, and my team is amazing. And they're all rallying. And we're just like, you know, we're so grateful that we're in a place to be helpful and have this platform to offer. So it's amazing because we're just all showing up 110% for that. Um, but I wasn't getting outside for my walk. And I very quickly realized that I just have to get outside and just clear my mind and feel the sun on my face and be with my puppy dog. And, and so that's something that I'm definitely making time for. It's funny, I don't know if it's changed during lockdown, but I always like to ask people, when do they feel they're most beautiful? Well, beauty for me personally has a lot to do with self-confidence and being feeling fully expressed. That that really goes back to feeling like I look like me. You know, like I, I don't necessarily feel my most beautiful when I'm all dolled up. I feel most beautiful when I've done a papaya peel the night before and the next day I do a hydrating mask and then I put my tinted moisturizer on and my mascara and I look in the mirror and I just feel like wow I my skin looks beautiful my face is clear my eyes are bright um you know and and I look like me and that's that's when I feel the most beautiful and also that goes back to taking care of myself I've had good sleep the night before I'm hydrated I've been eating well, I've been exercising, you know, all those components come into place. And I do think that it's reflected when I look in the mirror and I see myself and I think, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm on track. I'm the best version of myself <laughs> right now. And I want to keep going. And I want to be her, you know, as much as I can be. And do you think you've managed to keep all that up during lockdown? Because I know, especially in the early weeks, everyone was like all the memes with, you know, constantly going to the fridge. No, nothing's changed. It's the same stuff in there and forgetting, you know, I spoke to someone the other day. She was like, I slept in my makeup last night because who cares? You know what I mean? So have you managed to kind of keep up with these things that make you feel the best version of you? Well, I definitely went through phases. I think we've all been going through phases. <laughs> what was your worst thing. phase? What was your low? Well, so it's so interesting. My beginning phase was like, no big deal. I was like, yeah, I got this. You know, I'm I'm a structured person. I really like routine. And that's one of the things that I've been hearing, actually, from different people is having routine works really well during the circumstance. Also, probably for a certain personality, but it works well for me because what it does is it gives me certainty within uncertainty, right? If I have a routine, I know that this thing is happening at this time. I've made a decision. I'm in control of that choice. So there's just sort of these little victories that you get by having a routine that I think for my mindset has been really helpful. So in the beginning, I was like, yeah, I've got this. I've got my routine. And that, you know, for the first couple of weeks, it was really good. And then the like last couple of weeks, maybe, yeah, a week ago, I totally fell off <laughs> <laughs> and I was like indulging and in watching Disney movies and eating chocolate and I um and and again maybe not making time for exercise and getting out and going for walks as much as I would that also depends on the weather if the weather's crap you know it's hard to get motivated and I really felt it I really did not feel good I was really unhappy I felt like um 
my mind was just just kept going to the place of I really want this to be over. I want to be on the other side of this. And I really had to do some big thought work. And I realized that I wanted this to be over because I think that I will feel better on the other side of it. And then I realized, well, that's just a thought, right? I can feel better now by choosing to exist in this experience with looking for the silver lining, looking for the positive aspects. And that was a huge moment for me. So that I've sort of shifted back to feeling better, feeling more in control of of my experience within this. Thanks for listening. Please do like, subscribe and review when you get the chance. It's so important for me to keep improving on this podcast. So I'd love a review. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Beauty Me Podcast. And I'd love it if you could take a screenshot and tag me when you're listening so that I can see what you think. Thanks again for listening.